This fresh coat of the startup life has been sprayed on nice and smooth by Wagner and the Flexil series of paint sprayers. Startup Nation, my wife decided she wanted to rehab her childhood home. The goal was to fix it up and invite a nice family to rent it out. We knew one of the biggest jobs we had to undertake was painting. However, from the walls, the cabinets, and even the siding outside, it was going to be a big task. As entrepreneurs with a company to run, we knew this was going to take up a lot of our time, which is why we decided to get a paint sprayer. And after much research, we decided to go with the sprayer from the Flexio series from Wagner. Startup Nation, these sprayers are top-notch because of its flexibility to paint or stain walls, furniture, cabinets, and more. It's 10 times faster than using a paintbrush, which was a big selling point for us. And you can paint or stain right from the can. It's also easy to clean in five minutes and being great for indoor and outdoor projects, a paint sprayer from the Flexio series clearly needs to be part of the arsenal in your garage. So if you're ready to stain your deck or like me, fill your daughter's request of a bubblegum pink room, up your game with a paint sprayer from the Flexio series by Wagner. Take it from me. Your time will thank you. It's time to be about that life, the startup life. Here's your host, Dominic Lawson. All right, Startup Nation, so I hope you're ready to receive some value today. My name is Dominic Lawson, and this is The Startup Life, the show for entrepreneurs and career-minded professionals. You know, Startup Nation, there's a lot going on, going on right now. One would say there's a lot of madness going on, but what if I told you we had today's guest that can help us find messages in that madness he is an entrepreneur and a great comedian he is a really good friend of mine somebody that's really dear to me he is vernon davis longhorn the comedian what's up mr v hey how you doing i am living a dream man i am living a dream how about yourself i am just shy of awesome and <laughs> people ask me why are you just shy of awesome because if I'm already awesome, then there's nothing to look forward to. I hear that. I hear that. I appreciate you coming on the show and sharing your time and your knowledge with us. L let me ask you, let's just kind of start here. Kind of share your origin story, if you don't mind, good sir. Uh, my origin story. How far you want me to come go? You can, go I, you can go back as far as you want. When the aliens landed and planted me or. I mean, if that's what happened, then sure. Go for it. <laughs> I'm old country boy from Texas, a little town called Hyde and Hammer, Texas. Military brat, um, traveled all over, uh, ended up in the military myself, uh, one brother, one sister, ended up now I'm in uh, St. Louis. Well, when people are nice, I tell them St. Louis, but when people want to be mean, uh, I tell them I live in Ferguson. It's amazing how fast white people back up. <laughs> but um, I, uh, I honestly do live about a mile from where Mike Brown died. Mm -hmm. I've uh, been here 28 years. I love St. Louis because it's the middle of everywhere. Uh, there's a lot of pros. There's a lot of cons, but uh, the pros outweigh the cons. So right. I'm here into a, a large part of my family is here, especially the ones I love the most. My grandchildren, they're here. So they mean the world to me. Uh, so I'm a family man. Uh, I'm a veteran. I'm an author. I'm a uh, comedian. I'm a public speaker. Uh, and I actually I actually still have a day job because I believe until your passion pays for your lifestyle, you keep a day job. I hear that. I hear that. I hear that. Appreciate you uh, sharing that. And he said he's an author. And that's why he, we have him on the show today. Startup Nation. He is the author of Messages in the Madness, Essays and Stories About My Life Over the Last 11 Years. And Startup Nation, if you want to check out that book, we have a link there in the show notes for easy access. If you're listening to the replay 
on uh, the podcast. So let's just kind of dive into the book a little bit. Just kind of share with us why you wanted to write this book. Well, I wrote it because about actually, let's see, 13 years ago, mm-hmm. I took a leap of faith. I was a an insurance agent and I was doing pretty well. Uh, let's just say I was making six figures. And, but I had got, I started pursuing my passion, which was comedy. Always had been my comedy, always had been my passion. Right. But I had started comedy in 92. First wife said, uh, came 95, things were starting to pick up. You know, I got my jokes off layaway, so I was actually <laughs> making people laugh. Gotcha. Instead of getting booed off the stage. Um, so, you know, things were going pretty well, but the first wife said either give up comedy or give up the family. Gotcha. I told her, well, I'm going to miss you. Mm. But no, seriously, I, um, <laughs> I, so I, I gave up comedy Gotcha. and it took me 10 years to get back to it. But once I got back into comedy three years later, I decided that if I was going to do comedy, I either, gonna, I'm either going to jump out there and do it now, or I'm going to give it up. So I walked away from my six figure job to pursue my dream. Uh, 11 years ago and well 12 years ago um so therefore that's when i started writing these essays i wrote over essays and short stories i wrote about 60 of them of different things that happened in my life during that period of time to include losing everything and being homeless Mm. so and then also in the book are items such as just different things that i've gone through racism um when I got out of the military, the thoughts of, uh, well, actually, I had always, I had planned to kill myself. Mm. Once I got out of the military, so, you know, that's something that people who are in the military that can uh, can can identify with. Uh, there's stories about my granddaughter who passed away and stories about my mother who passed. And then, of course, it's not all sad things. There's the information about, no, there's stories in there about when I went to Germany. I went, I've been to Germany three times to entertain the troops. Mm-hmm. So there, there's just what it is. All the stories that I put into the book are stories that people could actually take themselves out of it and put themselves into it. Although a lot of it is spoken from a, uh, from a comedian's perspective, you can change whatever the, um, whatever your profession is and put your profession and you and you into that place and be able to identify with the stories that I'm telling. Right. Because the way I tried to tell it was just from a, I mean, I'm nobody special. I'm, I'm a, I, I, I'm, I'm just a guy, but I decided to sit down and put it all on paper. And as one of my re, one of the reviews that's on Amazon said, you know, I opened, I basically just opened up my chest and just handed y'all my heart because, uh, I totally, I've completely exposed myself to the world. Right. And because I wanted to tell it like it was just raw, unfiltered, was well, very much filtered. Mm-hmm. But uh, just raw, here it is. This is my life. Right. Right. And I appreciate you you sharing that and being candid, not only, you know, just now, but also in the book. But, you know, and I don't want to go uh, too deep too quickly. You know, so I want to ask you about, you know, because you talk about uh, comedy and some of the things you learned and stuff like that. One of the things you say is don't be a cookie cutter comedian. People hate that. And we see people in comedy all the time trying to emulate you know, stuff like that. Kind of talk about that a little bit. Well, sure. Well, people, people are trying to be cookie cutters in every walk of life. That's true. Whether you're an entrepreneur or whether you're a cook or chef, you know, a chef, you could be a janitor, uh, or I'm sorry, 
domestic, you know, domestic engineer. Right. You know, but instead of doing things your way, you want to try to do them the way that you've seen somebody else do them. Or if you see somebody, and there's nothing wrong with duplication. Duplication is the greatest compliment. But people respect and appreciate individuality. So that therefore, if you, as a comedian, if I go out there and I do Richard Pryor's material, then I'm trying to be Richard Pryor. People right. don't want to hear about Richard Pryor. They know who Richard Pryor is. They want to hear about you. They want you to be your own authentic self. For sure, for sure. No, in they, every sense of the word, no, they, they want I, they want you to be they want you to be honest about what it is where you, where you come from, what you do, how you right. come up with your material. Tell us your story. Don't tell us somebody else's. Gotcha. You know, you know. Really quickly, I'm always fascinated by how kind of con- comedians kind of not necessarily control the crowd, but kind of how they control the crowd, you know, cause I think there's a lot to that. You can learn from that. Kind of talk about that a little bit. Cause you know, we see comedians all the time where they can kind of anticipate and get a feel for the crowd to know uh, what jokes may work, what jokes may not work. Kind of talk about that a little bit. Well, it's, it's really simple. We, it's just like, just like you as a public speaker, when mm-hmm. you walk into a room, you immediately, and you're also a vet. Thank you for your service, by the way. No uh, Veterans Day was yesterday. Absolutely. Uh, but uh, we automatically walk in. We assess the room. We read the room. We see who's in there. We get a, a feel for who's in there. And we as comedians, we do the same thing. And we call it reading the room. And mm-hmm. once we read the room, then we can pretty much we can pretty much assess the jokes that we can tell. Now, understand you, there's a difference between a comedian and a joke teller. Gotcha. A joke teller just has has this list of jokes that they're going to tell, regardless of what the outcome is or what the response is. These are the jokes I brought. These are the jokes I'm telling. And that's it. Whereas a comedian, much like a business person, mm-hmm. they will watch the body language. They will watch how the room is reacting. They will watch how the room is reacting to various materials and different things that are being said. And that will dictate to them the next series of jokes or the next joke that they tell. Right. Right. People will tell you if you watch people and if you listen to people, they will tell you what they want to hear from you. Uh, case in point, I was doing a corporate show. Mm-hmm. PG corporate, you know, no big deal. Co- uh, Christmas party. Right. But the people that were sitting up front, they have seen some of my videos because I can go from I can go from. Well, I never do G don't perform for kids. Uh, my grandkids don't even think I'm funny, but I can go from PG <laughs> To a PG, I do a PG seventeen. I'm not an R comic. I don't, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a harsh under your clothes kind of comic. Gotcha. Um, but anyway, I'm watching them, and I know I'm watching these guys, and they're, they've seen some of my videos, and they're wanting me to go where they know that I can go. So what I did was just I took them to the, I call it taking them to the ledge, and then I, you know, then you make the decision whether to jump or not. So I may tell a joke that may take them where they want to go. But then they get to decide, you know, if they're going to jump over the side or not. Mm-hmm. So basically, you can be dirty without being dirty. Gotcha. Gotcha. Thank you for sharing that. In that same vein, let me ask you this, because we know sometimes, you know, when you're trying to 
uh, walk that path of, of being a comedian and stuff like that. And you go on stage and you go to uh, open mic nights and stuff like that. Sometimes you, things don't go your way. Sometimes you may bomb a time or two. Kind of talk about that a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> you have been I, in my I, book, I, haven't you? I guess, I guess kind of talk about that, but also kind of talk about how you, how you come back from that. Cause that, that can be kind of difficult sometimes. Correct. It can. Right. Um, the first time, the first time I got on stage was 1990. Okay. Um, it was, um, actually December of 1990. I was in, a, I was in, uh, Oxen Hill, Maryland. And I went to this open mic who, if some of y'all that are listening are old enough to remember, they had a show on MTV called Yo MTV Raps. Mm-hmm. Well, the, the host of Yo MTV Raps was a gentleman by the name of Chris Tucker. Mm-hmm. I mean, Chris Thomas. I'm sorry. I stand corrected. Gotcha. Well, the open mic was being hosted by Chris Tucker. I show up, I'm wearing my cowboy hat and boots, and I got on my my lucky trophy belt, you know, from my you know from my days in Texas, right? As a as a good luck charm. Well, first of all, uh, intro, and as we know in business, an introduction can make or break you. You know how you're introduced really makes a big difference. It, it can really make a difference on how the crowd receives you. So. My introduction was, well, y'all coming to the stage, this guy's first time doing comedy, but y'all may have seen him on the World Wrestling Federation. Uh, coming to the stage, Coco Beware. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I go up on stage, I'm already crushed. I tell a couple of jokes. Uh, I get a few laughs, but I got less laughs than I got laughs. I bo- I truly bombed so bad, I should have changed my name to Ahmed because I, I was a terrorist. <laughs> but... The thing about that was, is that I did get a couple of laughs. Gotcha. And so I was bitten by the bug then, but then um, going forward, getting up from that, it's like any other failure in any other business. You're going to fail. It's going to happen. Right. Um, I'm not saying go out and fail on purpose, but you're going to fail. And comedy is that way. You may write a joke that's hilarious. And I have a bad habit of saying it, but it was funny. It was funny to me in the car. Gotcha. Well, you know, uh, it's, it's kind of a bounce back line, but that joke may not work. So what do you do? You don't just walk off stage. You go on to the next joke. You continue, you know, you continue marching on. So bombing is just like it's failing. And just like in life, you will bomb. And it's not, it's not how bad you bomb is how you get up from it. It's how you respond and, what you do after that? Do you lay there and wallow or do you get on up and go to the next joke and go to the next venue? I bombed one night in front of a crowd of 250 people, shot a joke out there and it went into the middle of the room and splashed down like, like Sputnik mm. <laughs> and just laid there. It was so quiet in the room. You could hear the speaker sparking, but then I walked out the room and I came back the next night and I went back up on stage and the headliner, uh, when I came off stage, I apologized to the headliner for the night before. He goes, bro, I'm just impressed that you came back because the way you bombed last night, I've seen that in comedians' careers. Gotcha. So it's not, like I say, it's not, it's getting up. Mm-hmm. That's the big, it's getting up, dusting yourself off and getting back on the horse. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing that. So uh, I want to transition a little bit because a very prominent figure in the book uh, is your mom. And there's a story you tell about uh, being in the church and not being invited to the pulpit or something like that. Kind of share with that. uh, Share that with (laughs) us a little bit. Well, okay, I am an ordained minister. Uh huh. I wasn't at the time. Gotcha. But I was writing 
uh, writing story. I was writing sermons and I was sharing it with my mom. I was writing it for my mom. And um, I asked my mom, when was she going to preach those sermons? And she said, baby, I, I said, you know, hey, have you preached? She said, no. I'm like, well, why not? She goes, I'm saving them for you. I keep having this, this, this vision of you in this mega church and you dress nice. And it's about 10,000 people and the light shining down onto the pulpit. And you're standing there with a Bible in your hand and you are delivering the word of God. Mm. And I said, well, mama, I appreciate that. Now I take your vision, but what that is, is that's not a church. That's a coliseum. And yes, that's a stage shining that with a light shining down on me, but that's not a Bible in my hand. That's a beer. Mm. So, <laughs> but my mom, uh, what happened at the church that day was she got upset because the pastor would not let me into the pulpit with her. Mm. And she, oh man, she raised a holy, yeah, she raised a gospel holy stink that day. I think they had to call upon the Holy Ghost to get her out of that that day (laughs) because it was not pretty. Gotcha. And I miss, I miss my mom. Uh, God bless her. She was a strong black woman and and yeah, she's uh, running around in heaven, but I'm not feeling sorry for her. I'm feeling sorry for Jesus because I know she she got this up with Jesus. Let me talk to you for a minute. <laughs> uh, we need to change a couple things. So, gotcha. You know, you you have in the book, you know, things you learned from your mom, and you have a lot of different things like you know, love you forever in two weeks, which I think is just just awesome. Love, trust, uh, and belief. And, and also, if I'm up, you up. If I'm cleaning, you're cleaning, you know, kind of talk about, you know, that, you know, is, is that where you get your work ethic from? Because what you do isn't easy. Is that where you get your work ethic from? Like your mom is, or they just kind of built over time. Kind of talk about that a little bit. Well, yeah, I, I get a lot of it from my mom because, mm-hmm. uh, my father, you know, my father, unfortunately was not around a lot when I was a kid. Gotcha. And then my mother went on to marry a number of different times. Um, but she was the. And I would, we would come in and out of each other's lives over over the time I was growing up. Mm-hmm. But her work at her, her words of wisdom, and they would sometimes didn't sound like words of wisdom. They was you know just short of you know of a threat. But um, yeah, those stick with me, and I and I tend to still cling to those. I could be sitting somewhere, and I know I need to get up and go do something, and I'll hear her voice say, "Stop being lazy. Mm-hmm. Get up and go do it." Right. And I will, or I will say it to myself, get up and, you know, get up and go do it. My book took me the number of years for me to write it because it was a work in progress. Right. My mother wrote two books. Mm. My, okay. yeah, my mother wrote two books, but she didn't write them until she was into her, until her fifties. Gotcha. Okay. Mm-hmm. But a lot of what she said, yes, you know, if I'm, you know, if I'm up, you up. I'm, if the sun is up, I'm woke. You know, because I'm the kind that feels like if I'm if I'm if I'm burning daylight, then I'm wasting time. There's something that I could be doing, you know, to improve myself or improve my family situation or or helping a friend or talking to talking to you, Mr. Lawson. <laughs> I appreciate that. I, I want to transition just just a little bit, you know, and before I do that, I just want to say also, you know, uh, you are a veteran as well. Thank you for your service. Uh, as well, we're recording this a day after uh, Veterans Day, Startup Nation. And uh, uh, Vernon Davis is actually the also the founder of Thank You For Your Service dot uh, com. It's a wonderful nonprofit that he has for veterans. Kind of talk about that a little bit, if you don't mind. Uh, actually, I stole that. No, I didn't. Um, <laughs> Thank You For Your Service was is a is my mission. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
it's start and it's a mission that I could stop telling jokes tomorrow. I could stop being a public speaker tomorrow. Right. Um, but I will continue this mission. I started this mission out of love for veterans because I'm fourth generation. My daughter is fifth generation veteran. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of my cousins and uncles have all served this country. Matter of fact, last I counted, we've had over my on my mother's side of the family, we've had over twenty five members of our. Uh, I mean, the last four gen in the last three generations that have served this country mm-hmm. in some way, form, or fashion. So you can kind of call it the family business. Long story short, I was coming back from Germany for my second tour entertaining the troops. I saw this unit coming back from Afghanistan and I saw everybody waving flags and thank you for your service, but nobody walked up and handed one of those soldiers anything. Gotcha. And not only am not only am I good looking, I'm also kind of intelligent. So um I came home, I sat down at my computer, and that was the birth of thank you for your service dot com. All we do, I figured out a way to thank veterans. And all we do is thank veterans. We don't buy houses, we don't buy cars. We thank veterans. And so we've developed a thank you card and a the, we think uh, it's a thank you card. And then there's a dog tag that says, thank you for your service and sacrifice. You are appreciated. And as of last count, we have awarded that to over 19,000 veterans worldwide. Wow. That's awesome. That's awesome. You got a fact this weekend, I'm going to two events to thank some more veterans for veterans day weekend. Mm hmm. I hear that. And Stoddard mentioned, if you want to support uh, that nonprofit, once again, that website, that web address is thankyouforyourservice.com. We have a link there in the show notes for easy access if you listen to the replay on uh, the podcast. It's just, it's just- All right, Startup Nation, so we're going to go ahead and take a quick break. We got to pay some bills. Once again, my name is Dominic Lawson, and you're listening to The Startup Life. Tresta powers this episode of The Startup Life. Okay, Startup Nation, I want to talk to you about our sponsor, Tresta. Tresta is an app for iPhone and Android that lets you do business calling and texting from anywhere. I know so many entrepreneurs that are still using their their personal phone number for business calls. It can get complicated drawing the line between your personal and professional life. Startup Nation, this is the best business phone app out there. Whether you just need a business phone number or if your team is ready for a complete business phone system, Tresta is totally flexible and can grow with your business. And it's all unlimited. Calling, texting, and all of the powerful call management features like auto attendance, call recording, user groups, and more for just $15 per user per month. With Tresta, there's no contract and you don't need any special hardware, just your smartphone you're already using. Tresta is easy to configure so you can set everything up yourself all online avoiding all the hassle and high overhead costs of setting up a traditional business phone system, which is important because as entrepreneurs, we are always trying to cut cost and time. They're offering a 30-day free trial so you can see if Tresta's virtual phone system is right for you. Communicate smarter and more efficiently with Tresta. Start now at Tresta.com forward slash startup life. That's T-R-E-S-T-A dot com forward slash startup life. The link is there in the show notes if you're listening on the podcast. Tresta, business communication simplified. All right, Startup Nation, welcome back as we continue our conversation with today's guest here on The Startup Life. You know, kind of dive into, you know, you know what serving 
uh, this country means to you, because clearly somebody who, you know, you say it's the family business. We're talking about five different generations, uh, you know, uh, of serving this uh, this great nation. Kind of talk about what serving the United States means to you personally. Well, personally, all right, when I perform, I, I, if I'm headlining, I wear an American flag shirt. People have been, why do you wear that shirt? Mm-hmm. I wear that shirt because there have been so many men and women of all races that have fought and died for this country. Mm-hmm. Um, they've you know, given it all. Some, you know, some have given it all. They left it all right there on the battlefield. Right. And I, I do love this country, regardless of our history. Mm-hmm. I do love this country because, quite frankly, there's not another uh, country on this earth that we can do the things that we're doing now. Fifty years ago, you and I couldn't do what we're doing right now. Right. Well, maybe 60 years ago. But we couldn't do what we're doing right now. So I do love this country. I love uh, our history. The other reason why I, I wear my American flag shirt is I wear it for the Vietnam veterans that when they came home, there was no thank you. There was no appreciation. There was no love. Right. You know, they had to lie about where they've been. So I wear it to say welcome home to them. I mm. wear it for the men and women who have, who are serving this country now that have wrote a blank check with their lives and handed it to the to the country and said, do with it what you will. I wear it for the for veterans like you. I wear it for the black veterans of World War One and World War Two when they came home, heroes who has served their country with honor and distinction down South. There was people who did not believe they should be able to wear those uniforms. Right. So what they did is they hung us from trees wearing our uniforms. Hmm. So I wear, you know, so I, I serve and I continue to serve in the fashion that I do. Matter of fact, I don't know if you caught the story or not, but there was, I actually got a field promotion to full bird Colonel. I did see that. (laughs) <laughs> mm-hmm. I did see but that. I, I I serve and I say thank you every, at every turn because honestly there's a lot of people who have done a lot of things that they didn't have to do what they did but they did so that we could be free gotcha you know y- y- you've talked about you know being a black man in America quite often whether it be on social media here in our conversation in the book uh, stuff like that you know, you talked about wearing an American flag and stuff like that. Let's dive into that just a little bit, because, you know, a lot of times people look at black veterans. Right. And they're like, why? Like, come on, you know, the history of this country, you know what we've been through. Why? So, Mr. V, why? Why does it matter? Why does it matter? Mm-hmm. Why does any of it matter? Okay. Um it matters. I play this. Mm-hmm. To me, it matters because I am black and I am Choctaw Indian. So if somebody told me go back to where you came from, I'd be like, "Where Mississippi?" Right. <laughs> because that's where the Choctaw Indians came from. Right. Okay. Why does it matter to me being a black man? Why you know? And yes, I know the history of this country. This country. Did you know this country had made over five hundred treaties with with uh, Native Americans? indigenous Americans and broke every one of them. Mm-hmm. It matters to me because my children and my grandchildren and my great grandchildren are going to be here well after I'm gone. So therefore it matters to me to try to be, to try to be the best person that I can be and help people open their eyes and see things from a different perspective so that they can be better and therefore teach their children to be better so that therefore 
our children coming after us and our grandchildren can live in a better world. For sure. For sure. Thank you. Because the reality of it is, if you cut me, I'm going to, you know, uh, I'm going to bleed the same color you're going to bleed. I pay taxes like you do. I got, you know, a mortgage just like you do. I go to work just like you do every day. We are more alike than we are unalike. But it's important to me for people to see me. They're going to see I'm a black man, but they're going to respect me as a man because I'm going to respect them as a man or as a woman. I hear that. I hear that. Thank you so much. Once again, Startup Nation, we're talking to Vernon Davis, the author of Messages in the Madness, Essays and Stories About My Life Over the Last 11 Years. So in in keeping in that same vein a little bit before we kind of transition a little bit, you know, you know, with everything that's going on in this country now with social unrest, the election and stuff like that people are looking for honestly like those messages in the madness like you know they're looking for meaning they're looking for something to kind of look forward to something to believe in and stuff like that just kind of give your commentary on the state of uh the country you know with the election kind of in flux right now or the results or whatever the case may be social unrest just kind of give your commentary on that a little bit if you don't mind Okay, I'm going to pull a pence on you real quick. I want to go back to the previous question and say one thing. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Being a black man in America is the hardest job ever. Okay. Plain and simple. And if you want to know why, I'd be happy to expand upon that at, you know, anytime that you want, but it is the hardest job in America. Now, bringing me forward to your current question. Mm-hmm. The climate in America right now, which is the reason why I do what I do, you know, not not only just speaking, you know, doing public speaking and motivational speaking, but, you know, be, doing doing comedy shows. Because, see, a lot of the shows that I do, there's a saying that Verizon covers 97% of America. Mm-hmm. Well, I have been to that 3% that Verizon don't mess with. Gotcha. Okay. And a lot of times when I show up, I, the only thing darker than me is asphalt. <laughs> so I I have looked I have looked racism in the in the eye. I have um I, matter of fact uh I had somebody hang up um a noose in my honor. Mm-hmm. And I know it's not an honor, but right. I have to keep it in the positive content, otherwise it upsets me. Right. The climate of our country right now is we are divided and we are more divided than we than we have we haven't been this divided since the Civil War. And the reality of it is, unfortunately, our political figures that are on the way out they they were they were stoking that fire. There was already a fire lit when we got President Obama, right? And then forty five came in and he stoked that fire and caused the division to be wider. Where there are those of us who really despise that gap in doing everything in our physical power, our mental power, our emotional power to try to pull people back together and allow them to see that we are not the enemy. Right. We are all in this together. The reality of it is, is when the, you know, if tomorrow, if the aliens come back tomorrow, they really not going to care what color you are. They eating everybody. So we are in this together. But, and that's my goal. And that's my mission is to try to pull people back together because we are in this together. So, yes, the climate is crazy. Everybody's looking for, I won't say, I won't say everybody because some people don't care. Right. But a lot of people are looking for some good, some hope, 
some love, some fairness, some equality to just wrap their pinky finger around and hold on so that they can get the rest of the fingers wrapped around it. You know, they're just trying to find something good and positive in this world that we live in, in this country that we live in. And there is a lot of it out there, but there's a lot of negative that's taking those fingers and they're pulling them back one at a time. But that pinky finger, that pinky is holding on for dear life. I don't know where it's getting that strength from, but it's holding on because it does believe that there is goodness out there. And people that are listening to this, believe me, there is goodness, there is hope, there is love. Just have some faith and strengthen that pinky finger so that the rest of those fingers can hold on to what you find. I hear that. I heard that. And Stoddard Mason, if you're looking for that that hope uh, with a few little, uh, laughs, uh, go to LonghornComedy.com uh, and, and and book you know Longhorn the comedian here, uh, and also follow him on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. All of those links are there in the show notes uh, for easy access. Now, Mister V, you were just appointed, you know, as part of a a board or a committee or something, weren't you? Yes. Yeah. Can my I- day uh, my. <laughs> I'm rather, I'm I'm rather proud of it. I know, I know. Talk about it a little bit. Um, well, I do have a day job, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm I don't know if we should mention the the, the employer or not. But I haven't I got their recently... check, so until they get their check, don't mention them. Okay, there you go. <laughs> well, on my day job, um, I'm a management consultant. I'll say that. Gotcha. In the auto in the automobile industry, and long story short, I was named the chairman of the north well okay this is a this is a worldwide company Mm -hmm. but i was recently named the chairman of the north america diversity and inclusion committee Mm -hmm. and this came about from an email i had after the george floyd situation i wrote an email to my supervisor and my supervisor supervisor i don't use the word boss because the word boss is a old dutch word uh, which slaves used with mm. meant master. Gotcha. But the word was actually B-O-S, and then they added another S. But anyway, so I, I say supervisor, I say management, I say leadership. Uh, and I'm trying to get away from management. I'm trying to get more to leadership because leadership can be at the beginning or at the end. It can be anywhere because you can lead from the middle. But gotcha. anyway, so I wrote the email to my supervisor, to my leadership, and my immediate leadership, and that email went from my leadership to HR. And from HR, it went all the way to the CEO uh, or the director of North America. And then when it came back down, there was a conversation. And I got to meet all these people on a Zoom call that I had never, I didn't even know they existed. Mm -hmm. And so, therefore, the ball moved forward, formed the committee, and the committee uh, I, I told him I would be happy to throw my hat in for a co-chair position. And the committee said, no, you're going to be the chair. Mm. So here we are. Here we are. And the purpose of the committee, well, we all know what diversity and inclusion is. Right. I'm work, working real hard to add a, another letter in there. I want to add the E in there for equality, because quite frankly, if you have diversity, if you have inclusion, which would mean you have some diversity, Neither one of those mean anything unless you have some equality. I hear that. I definitely Does that make that. sense? No, that makes complete sense because I mean, you can have, you know, you can have diversity and throw that out there and have that inclusion. Yeah. But like, like, but that's, you know, we were just talking to somebody not too long ago 
where they talked about how like, you can have like that window dressing, but unless that equality piece is part of the strategy, then it's like, what are we doing? Like, what are we doing? So I definitely understand that. Yeah. If we're not, if we're not giving people equal power, right. we're not giving people equal say, and we're not giving them equal pay, then, you know, then like you say, it's window dressing. Right. For sure. For sure. Once again, Startup Nation, we're actually wrapping up with Vernon Davis, a.k.a. Longhorn, the comedian. And he's the author, once again, of Messages in the Madness, essays and stories about my life over the last uh, 11 years. So, you know, given this new normal and, and COVID, you know, how are you keeping sane these days? Is it, you know, hanging out with the family? Is it, you know, just kind of telling jokes like you normally do on social media? Kind of, you know, are you mess with the pastor still kind of talk about that a little bit. My sanity with COVID. Well, I have done a lot of projects. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have done a lot of COVID projects. This summer, we built a garden. Mm-hmm. I built an eight foot by eight foot raised garden. Uh, planted some rose bushes. Did some landscaping. Uh, repainted my. Uh, I did a lot of projects. I gotcha. feel like that. Uh, started up a show. Uh, started a uh, Facebook live show, mm-hmm. started writing my second book, right. which is called Messages in the Madness, The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly, where I'm going to talk about some good, some bad, and some ugly, you know. You beat me to uh, it. I was going to ask you about that, but go ahead. <laughs> well, uh, so I'm writing about that. I mean, I'm writing about the good things, like the story about me getting promoted to a full bird. You know, it was a field promotion from a Vietnam veteran. Right. But uh, that that one will melt your heart. Uh, I'm going to talk about my childhood and, unfortunately, the molestations and mm-hmm. uh, being you know being molested as a child and uh, being raped as a teenager. I'm going to talk about being in a gang in Memphis. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, and I had an altercation there that could have very well changed my life. I'm going to talk about the good things that's happened to me in comedy in business the people who have uh, believed in me, who have trusted me, who have loved me and they have supported me and caused me to have, I, I'll say my life is successful because you're actually talking to a man that 10 years ago lost everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, literally when I say everything, I mean, literally everything. Gotcha. You. you know, so I'm going to talk about all of that, but as far as COVID, and then the other way I've been dealing with it, I'm the only one that goes out and does the shopping. So I get to go out <laughs> twice a week to do the shopping for the for the house. I've I bought some stuff that I, I probably shouldn't have bought. I mean, honestly, I do not know why anybody would need two weasels, but I have three. So uh and I'm chasing them around the house. No, I'm kidding. But uh, so I you know, did some some retail therapy and I played a lot of Xbox. I'm a Call of Duty uh, I'm a Call of Duty fan. I've played every Call of Duty since they came out, and I play uh, the Division on Xbox. And people go, "Well, why do you do this? You're 50 plus years old. I just had a birthday. I just turned 54. Why are you playing video games at your age?" I said, "Well, honestly, it's cheaper than cocaine and hookers." So <laughs> it's true, though. It's if, you true. The, if you do the math, you yeah, know. Right. If you do the math, even with the downloadable yeah. content. It's still exactly, it's still cheaper, <laughs> right. you know. And uh, I go, uh, but that's and I'm talking to people. I've been a sounding board for a lot of people because right now during COVID, man, you would not believe the level of depression and anxiety and despair mm-hmm. that people are experiencing. Right. And I'm trying to be 
I'm, you know, I'm the head of my family, right. you know, wife, four adult children, 13 grandchildren, two great grandchildren. And so I'm there for them. Uh, my wife recently called me the rock of the family. Mm-hmm. And I was, I'm, I'm so honored and flattered by that, that, you know, I'm ready to go out and get me a Dwayne Johnson t-shirt that says <laughs> the rock and start wearing it around the house. Gotcha. But uh, I'm not, I'm not built like Dwayne, you know, Johnson. I'm, I'm, yeah, no, but, um, <laughs> gotcha. you know, but, um, I'm flattered by that, but still I have so many friends that have been, you know, COVID has attacked our family, you know, and right. So one of my family members was, was hospitalized with it, mm-hmm. you know, so it, it, it reminded us of, 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 uh, of the fragility of life. But I'm so it has it has touched us and honestly you have to excuse me, I know you've noticed my voice change, but mm-hmm. if you stop and just think about the despair that it has caused, people losing jobs, people lost homes, right. people have lost each have lost each other. Mm-hmm. And more and more is happening every day and people are saying stupid stuff like it's just gonna go away. Right. Dude, this is not football season. It's not you know, it doesn't just go away at the end at the after the last play. Right. It's still here. And it's getting worse. So anybody that's listening to this, I will ask you to, whatever your higher power is, I admit I'm a man of faith, so Mm -hmm. I'm constantly in prayer. You know, whether you pray to God or Buddha or you believe in, you know, five dancing uh, hamsters wearing grass skirts and dancing around a fire, whatever your higher power is, hold on to it with that pinky finger. Gotcha. Gotcha. That pinky finger is, is so, so strong. And holding on to that pinky finger is going to allow you to wrap the rest of your fingers around it. I hear that. I hear that. Thank you so much for sharing that. And before I ask the last question, I just want to say thank you so much uh, for coming on the Startup Life you know, and, and sharing your book. Once again, that book, Startup Nation, is Messages in the Madness, Essays and Stories About My Life Over the Last uh, 11 Years. Make sure you check out longhorncomedy.com. That link is there in the show notes as well. And also follow uh, Vernon Davis, uh, Longhorn the Comedian, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. All of those links and credentials are there in the show notes for easy access so i'm actually going to turn the microphone over to you you kind of did it already but i'm gonna let you lean into it a little bit you know with everything going on uh just kind of give some some more words of encouragement to take us out for today if you don't mind okay well first of all i'm doing your show because i owe you 37 dollars and 50 cents <laughs> and uh so you told me you know if i didn't do your show you was gonna turn me over to a collection agent <laughs> so i'm i'm here you know, your little funky thirty-seven fifty. Uh, but, <laughs> Thank you, uh, sir. <laughs> <laughs> but oh, there's another website that you may not. I guess you didn't know about it, but it's actually my name. It's www.vernonedavisii.com. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, that's also Vernon, go ahead. Which which is vernonedavisthesecond.com, um, and it talks about all the different things that I actually do. Because I do wear a number a number of hats. I also own a comedy booking. I'm the co-owner of a comedy booking agency called uh, Laughter Has No Color. And the reason why it's called Laughter Has No Color is that's one of the things. It's, it's my motto. Uh, because laughter really doesn't have any color unless you have really funky breath. Right. <laughs> um, but but on our on our label we have comedians of all races, creeds sexual orientation because you know we believe comedy is just that it's comedy 
Um, and that link so is there in the show notes for easy access startup nation. Go ahead. Okay. But as far as any words of wisdom that I could bestow upon y'all, man, I will, I will say this right now. We don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. We really don't. So, and I know it sounds cla- I know it sounds cliche, but we got to hold on to each other a little tighter, speak a little softer, love a little longer, appreciate each other because man, we don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. You know, those things that we've taken for granted for so long can be taken away from us in the blink of an eye in case you didn't notice. You know, so if you have a dream, I don't care how old you are or how young you are, you have got to pursue that dream immediately. Tomorrow is I me. Mean, tomorrow may be too late. Start right now. I walked, you know, I didn't start doing comedy professionally until I was 41 years old. I mean, until I was, you know, well, 40 years old. Professionally, what I mean by that is when I actually said I am a professional comedian because I was already getting paid to do it. So once you start getting paid to do something, you are a professional. Right. But follow your dream. Case in point, I went to go visit my auntie. Love my auntie. She was my great auntie. And she's, you know, she said, baby, I don't know why, you know, I don't know why you got to keep, you know, I've seen your little videos on YouTube. I don't know why you got to do all that cussing, but you following your dream and I'm proud of you keep doing it. And then she was dead two weeks later. Mm. And people go, oh man, I'm sorry. I'm like, no, her words of wisdom were great. You know, she told me to follow my dream and that's what I'm doing. I'm telling you to do the same thing, follow your dream. And people go, man, but your auntie, I'm like, she was old. My auntie was so old that she made the potato salad at the last supper. So Jesus called her home because he needed that recipe. (laughs) So, um, (laughs) but you got to follow your dream. Now, I did have one auntie that tells me, that told me, I'm too old to be out here running up and down the highway, you know, trying to tell some jokes and make some money. Some things in life we don't do for the money. Although if you book me, I'm going to need to get paid. That's just how that works. Absolutely. Um, But I've done a number of benefits to raise money for, for organizations. So don't, don't get it twisted. It's not all about the money. It's about the love, loving what you do. And I absolutely love it. When I walk into a room, the night that Donald Trump was inaugurated in 2016, mm-hmm. when he when he took office, I did a show in Arnold, Missouri at an Elks Club, 260 Donald Trump supporters, T-shirt wearing, you know, name calling. You are in Trump country. I know exactly where I'm at because I put it in my GPS and it said, for what? <laughs> so <laughs> I know exactly where I'm at. But my point is, I got up in front of that crowd. And they picked on me and they, they picked at me. And by the time that we were through, I got six standing ovations from that Trump crowd. So what did that teach me? That there is hope. And my last word is that you got to have some hope. You got to have some faith and you cannot give up. That's my words of wisdom. I hear that. Awesome stuff. And that's going to wrap up this session of the Startup Life. We want to thank once again Vernon Davis, Longhorn, the comedian, for coming on the show. Thank you so much, Mr. V. Thank And your 3750 is on the way. All right. Sounds good. And as always, Startup Nation, if you have an idea, be about that life. 
The Startup Life. If you want to let us know what you think about our show, have an idea for a show topic, or would like to advertise on our show, send us a message on the Startup Life Podcast Facebook page. And while you are there, like and follow our page as well. It's a great way for us to engage with the Startup Nation and really grow our community. The link is there in the show notes. Subscribe to the show as it can be heard on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, or even on your Facebook timeline or any other platform you like to get your podcast. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts and you find our content valuable, please give us a five-star rating as it will help us climb the charts and help more people find our show. You can also listen to the show on the Startup Life Podcast new website. There you will find the all-new startup blog where I write on many topics that are interesting and helpful to you on your path to entrepreneurship. And hey, If you have an idea, be about that life, the startup life.